Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Do you desire a spiritual breakthrough? Most of us do, but we're not always sure how to get there. One way is to admit our sin to God as individuals, His people, and a nation. While this may sound difficult, it can be one of the most freeing moments in your life. In Daniel chapter 9, the prophet gets honest with God as he confesses that God's people had largely turned their backs on God and had faced enormous consequences for this. But Daniel is finding his way back to God for the nation. What a great lesson for us today as we seek revival. Let's join Pastor Jim in part two of his message, A New Way to Pray. If you say you're a follower of Jesus and you don't see how politics how COVID, how culture is splitting God's church. People are dividing on these issues. If you don't see that, you are blind as a bat. Blind as a bat. It's happening all over the United States of America, all over the place. Brothers and sisters, not talking to each other over silly, silly things. Can we disagree? Of course we can disagree. We're going to disagree about a lot of things. Remember we said, we, when we painted this room, we asked 100 people their opinions, and we got 300 opinions. That's just the way it is. It's okay, we could disagree. But we don't separate fellowship because of that. If you don't, man, if you don't see how incredibly lonely some people are right now, And so many people are so lonely and they're like, I can't pull the plug on picking up the phone and I don't know what it is. I can't do it. If you don't see how high the anxiety level is among some people and they're like, I, I can't really explain why. I can't. I don't know, I don't know what it is. If you can't see the emptiness that so many people are experiencing in their life right now, and the pain and the sorrow and the bad decisions that so many people are making right now, that is, that is leading them to fall away from Jesus then I got to just say, you're missing a lot. And you might be like, but, but no, no, Pastor Jim, I tell you, I'm telling you the truth. I read my Bible and pray, and I don't see any of this. Well, let's quote one of our old friends. Haggai chapter 1, verse 7. Consider your ways. Maybe you need to, to change some things a bit. Maybe you need to sit down to your Bible and, and, and pray and say, God, would you please open up my eyes to the, to the world so I really see what's going on? In verse 3, the word of God drives Daniel to reality and prayer. He says, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Those are signs of of, of mourning and repentance for sin. 
You know, it's very common when things are going wrong in people's lives, something's going wrong in your life to have some people go, well, you have to trust in God's sovereignty. That's like Romans 8.28. You know, you know, God works all things together for good. You ever notice that sounds a lot better coming out of your mouth than it does going into your ears? Sometimes when people tell you to depend on God's sovereignty, you know, you're just like, oh, come on. Daniel would tell us, listen, I agree. If you, told Daniel, if you saw Daniel in sackcloth and ashes and, 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 and you said, what are you doing, man? He would say, I agree. That's why I'm praying. That's why I pray in the midst of such darkness. Daniel is praying for what God has promised in his word, but as we will see, without ignoring how we hinder the experience of it. Daniel's not just praying for Daniel. Daniel's praying for all the people of God. If Daniel were here today, Daniel would say, listen, if we're going to pray, man, let's pray for the, for the local, national, and worldwide church. Let's pray for God's people, man. You see, you know the party we said about before where everybody's complaining about the Babylonians? Daniel would be the guy at the Babylonian party who'd be listening to all the complaining of everybody else and somebody would say, oh, there's a prophet here. What say you, prophet? And Daniel might say something like this. You know, all this trouble that we are experiencing, everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we should take a look in the mirror. Maybe we should think that we're part of the problem. Friends, did you ever think for a second that when we look at, at, at the church in America, that maybe right now this is our Babylon? Maybe we're in a, we're in a similar place. I know some elections went the way a lot of people went this past week. You don't think the other, the other team, if you're on the other team, if you're not for the other team, you don't think there's a plan, Right? Stuff you don't want taught in schools. You don't think they're going to sneak that in? Come on now. You're not that naive, are you? Please. Some people might say, Daniel, why, you, you, you were quoting us from Jeremiah. Why, why did you skip Jeremiah 29, 11? It's on my refrigerator. That God was going to give us a future and a hope. I think Daniel might reply and say, listen. God is not going to look the other way forever. And we, it seems we didn't learn that lesson. We've been here for 70 years. See, what Daniel's prayer is probably more akin to what I would call John the Baptist preaching. I mean, there's, there's like nobody watching him on YouTube. It's like two views. John viewed himself and his mom did. <laughs> Like, like nobody else wants to, even his father was like, oh, no, not that kid. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't want any part of that. Now, some of you say, well, Daniel and you, Pastor Jim, obviously need the New Testament. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very good thing, the apostle Paul writes, that he who has begun a good work in you, stop right there in that word, you, bank it for a second, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Who's you? Who's you? 
Now, I have no doubt, I have no doubt in the individual application of that, but that you in that verse is the Philippian church. Go back to the beginning of the letter, read it through. You wanna go study it, you can study that it's plural, but you read from the, he's talking to a church. He's saying, I know God is doing a good work in you and he is going to complete it. Now, I, I realize we're still on point one and we got a long way to go on point one uh, because God's word not only took Daniel to the promises of God, but also to what we call corporate confession. So what he's about to do is corporate confession. This is one of those times when you have to read it, you gotta hear it, but you have to feel the pain. Feel the pain of a man, 70 years in captivity and realizing God's people are going to be set free and they are not ready. They are not ready. They're going back because God said 70 years. And you've got to feel it. This is what, sometimes we just read our Bible. We go, I read our Bible. We got to let our Bibles read us, but sometimes we got to feel it and we got to feel the pain of the Bible writer. So let's listen to a prophet pray. Verse four, and I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. Verse five, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Verse six, neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. Verse seven, O oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you but to us, shame of face, as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which which they have committed against you. Verse eight, O Lord, to us belongs shame of face to our kings, our princes, and our fathers because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws to which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your laws and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. If you're taking notes or if you can write in the margin of your Bible, just write this. Leviticus 26, 
Deuteronomy 28. And next time you're reading your Bible, just stop and go back and read them. Verse 12, and he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster for under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what was done in, been done in Jerusalem. Now you say, well, plenty of cities got leveled. What's the big deal with that? They didn't have the temple of God. They didn't have the presence of God. He said, this has never happened before like this. Remember we said in another study, you say to God, "Ah, we don't need you. God goes, okay, come on in, Babylonians. They open the door. Verse 13, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord that we might turn from our iniquities, some versions say sins, and understand your truth. So remember, if you've been around in Hebrew thinking, if you say you understand it, but you're not doing it, they would say, then you don't understand it. Because if you understood it, you would do it. The two things go together. Verse 14, therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does though we have not, third time, obeyed his voice. Now, there's a lot here. And we studied this prayer two weeks ago on a Wednesday night, and so you can go. We did a lot of different stuff. I'm trying to look at it from a little bit different viewpoint today. But the words we, our, and us say a lot. Notice, Daniel does not blame his ancestors. He doesn't say, and this would be easy to do, Lord, if those people had listened to Isaiah and the other prophets a hundred years before I was ever born, none of this would have ever happened. Some of us need to be freed right now from blaming the problems of our life on someone else. We need to be freed from that because you know what? they still have power over you. They still have power over you. If you are a child of God, you answer to God. He's the one who has power over you. And his power is both over you and supportive of you. And so he doesn't blame his ancestors. It's almost like this prayer is the New Testament equivalent of Romans 3.23. The apostle Paul says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Notice Daniel doesn't blame God either. He's like, he kept his promise. He warned us. I mean, how many of you think over 100 years is enough warning? I think that's a lot of warning, right? That's a lot. He warned us. We, and then, even worse than this, it happened to the northern kingdom. He told them, If you don't obey me, if you don't come back to me, if you keep mixing paganism with Yahwehism, syncretism, if you keep doing that, I'm going to send the Assyrians in. And he did it. 722, I believe. So then, over 100 years later, what makes them think, 
Oh, he's only bluffing with us in the South. Oh, he's only bluffing with us. He ain't gonna do it with us. Temple's here. We got Jerusalem. Ain't gonna happen to us. It's unbelievable. I mean, Isaiah had said it great. Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. Well, what does that mean? It means that God is the great shepherd in the Bible and all we have gone astray. All we have run away. Now, why would Daniel pray like this? If you're not a, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I, I don't expect you to quite understand this. But if you are, and you grasp this, I guarantee you, you'll be changed forever. You'll be changed forever. You see, the best way to see our own sinfulness is an encounter with a holy God. That's the best way. And I'll see if I do better than the last service when I say this. And then you go to the foot of that cross. And you know that you stand very small, very small, in the presence of a holy God. Again, if you're not a Christian, I don't expect you to understand this. But if you are, you realize how much you are really loved. You say, how does that work, Pastor Jim? I don't know. I don't know how it works, but it does. And it will change you forever. You walk up to that cross. You see him dying for you. You're like, I'm a piece of garbage. I'm no good. And you look into his eyes and you're like, but I am so loved. In fact, that's the next section in this. It says, Daniel, you are greatly loved. Christian, do you know you are greatly loved? But you got to go to the foot of that cross and you got to see Jesus' love made real. You have to see God's love made real and that will change you forever. You will never, ever be the same. People won't get you. People will think you're a nut job. What also concerns Daniel big time is, once again, verse 13. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Moses, a thousand years ago, warned us. We didn't listen. Now this disaster's come upon us. City leveled, prisoners taken to Babylon. Yet... We have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities or our sins and understand your truth. It's like Daniel's like, we have been here for 70 years and we still don't get it. We still don't, we still don't understand. And it's like he's saying, this, this is scary. This is not good. We can keep blaming everybody all we want, but we are in a bad, bad place. Our hearts are not ready to return to Jerusalem. And what does history tell us? They went back 
and they had more trouble. They left God again and again and again, and they kept having trouble. Why? Not being crushed by their sin, they didn't repent. Friends, that's why you have to take that journey to the foot of the cross. That's why you have to say, God, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people, they resent being called sinners. They're like, I'm not a sinner. All right, here's the news. You are. You are. I am. You don't believe me? Ask Pam. She'll tell you. Part of the sinful condition is people do not want to admit their sin and their guilt. You know how hard it is sometimes to get people to admit their sin, isn't it? I mean, it is not easy, even, dare I say, especially when it's against God. And the lie of this world is the bad news of heaven. The bad news of heaven is if you don't admit that you're a sinner and you need a savior and put your trust in Jesus Christ, you won't know God. And if you don't know God, you won't get into heaven. Now, some of you are a, a, a bit older. You might remember this. There, there was a very famous car racer in the 90s by the name of Jeff Bodine. And one of my clients, I owned a trucking and air freight company. It was an oil company that had their logo on the side of his car. And he won a lot of races. He was very, one of the top guys. And so he ran exclusively their oil, and they would make custom oil for him. And we learned that apparently that, that those race cars, that's like top secret business. So we have a couple drums of oil that we ship down south. And, and then we have a local guy make a delivery. And so uh, he, he gets there and he's ringing the buzzer and nobody answers. So he calls us up and he says, I'm trying to make the delivery to, to Jeff Bodine's place. I can see the garage way off in the distance, but nobody's answering. So we said, hold on a minute, put him on hold, called the person who shipped it and said, what should we do? And they said, just have him drive it up. He's got a lift gate on the back of the truck put the drums on the lift gate and lower them down and leave them right outside the garage and it'll be fine. So we get back on the phone with the driver and we give him the instructions. He goes, okay, what am I supposed to do with the Rottweilers? So we had the number. We called and it was Jeff's manager. And he just starts laughing. And he says, they were supposed to call me the day they were, it was coming, but they didn't. They didn't tell us to call in advance. And he says... You ain't getting onto that property if you, you ain't getting through that gate if you all don't know them dogs. <laughs> That's what heaven is. You're not getting in unless you know the gatekeeper. And it's not St. Peter. It's Jesus Christ. You see, the church has to be willing corporately to confess our sins, even admit some of the sins against God of the church of the past. Confession is a distinguishing mark of the church. It's one thing that makes us different from the government. You can't get an apology out of those people. It's almost impossible. Or clubs or unbelieving people. And so it's like Daniel is saying, what is it going to take for the people of God to see they turned their back on God and the word of God? Billy Graham said this, to get nations back on their feet we must first get down on our knees. Now, put down the rocks. 
because a lot of us want to pick up the rocks and start throwing them. And listen to what the Apostle Peter says, 1 Peter 4, 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So Daniel's prayer is being informed by the word of God. He he knew the promise of God. He read the other prophets. He knew why they were there. And he's he's like, God, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Our ancestors did it. Now we're doing it. Point number two, Daniel's prayer was encouraged by God's grace. Look back at verse nine. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. That is our hope, isn't it? That is our hope in a nutshell. Why? Though we have rebelled against him. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.